Blog Talk Radio. The following has taken place during Total Sports Live. Is you know better than the risks 
know, I mean, we said all along we needed someone who was able to run the game, be able to shoot. He might be that guy. So if this ends up working out in their favor like that, then same thing, he looks like a genius. Definitely, definitely agree about that. Gavin, what's your thoughts, Evan? Outsider, you know, following the NBA from an outsider's point of view. Like Angela said, the Sixers took advantage of a desperate situation. They came out on top of this trade. Yeah, I think so. At the time of this trade going down, the Kings were still in the hunt for uh, West St. Matthews. We're willing to throw, as we got reports of, a great deal of money towards the former Portland Trailblazer, and we see how that didn't work out. However, the uh, like you said, Joven, the Sixers took advantage of a poor situation for the Kings. You know, they have a protected first-round pick. You know, we probably know that the Kings aren't going to win more than 35 games next year, at least. And so I don't, I don't, I see their ceiling being 35 games, 40 games if we see 2008-2009 Rajon Rondo on the court. But I don't think we'll be seeing any of that. Um, and you know, I feel that the Sixers made out well. You know, they're not a team next year who anyone expects to be a playoff caliber team, at least. I don't think mm-hmm. them to be a playoff caliber team, even in the East. I right. still think they have a good way to go in a couple of areas. They're very strong, obviously, the big man position, but they've got a way to go. Uh, but I think the Sixers took advantage of it. Like I said, you know, and as sure as audio, if he's listening out there, he's probably licking his chomps about just, you know, the, the future and the Sam Hinkyism of storing up draft picks and taking <laughs> advantage of teams that need to create cap space in certain situations. Yeah, definitely, and I like how you. I, I, I like both you got both of both of your points, and I, Gavin just hit on it. You know, the the Sixers they got another piece, and they're 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 not going to be a playoff team next year because I still I have the Orlando Magic in front of the Sixers because they have more pieces there, and it brings me to my next point. The Sixers do add another piece to the starting lineup because this stock is going to be your starting two guard coming into the season next to Covington. At the uh, at the three position, so we'll see what we can get, what we get from there. But the thing is, now since they add another piece, they still need a point guard. We're going to answer that question in a few minutes. But we have a caller calling from the six two the six six two. I don't know what area code this is. We got to find out. Caller, what's your name and uh, what do you want to talk about? Hey, what's going on, man? This is Brian from uh, Twitter, man. What's going on? I'm doing good, man. How's everything going? Well, everything's going. Um, um, everything has been going on and going well, and everything. Um, I would have to say, um, was glad to see um, the USA win today, and and yep. whatnot. And um, other than that, uh, I can't complain, man. Can't call it. Uh, had a great Fourth of July, and everything. Uh, but uh, you know, I really wanted to get my thoughts in about. You know the NBA free agency and and um, um, free agency and whatnot, man. I, um, I think the thing, um, and I'm not sure if you guys have already um, um, already uh, said stuff um, said stuff about the Lakers. One of the things. Javon, that I have seen with the Lakers, it's like it used to be a time when if you wanted to be a, a, a champion or if you wanted mm-hmm. to play in a in a in a market that won that was you know had championship contenders, you either right. went to Boston, you went to New York, or you went to L.A. 
And when the Lakers started doing the L.A. to L.A. tweets, it reeked, it didn't reek of a franchise that was a marquee destination for, for players. It reeked of a, a, a it reeked of something that you would see like with a team like the Kings or the Bobcat or the uh um um well I wanna say uh everything that has happened with the Lakers, they have whiffed on so many free agents, like right. big names. And the and, and the thing about it is the 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 lazy narrative is that nobody wants to play with Kobe. And uh, and and that's the lazy narrative here. But the problem, but the thing about it is, while that part of it is true, these guys are not stupid. Okay, it's like it's all like with Notre Dame football. Everybody believes well, Notre Dame should win, be in the national content in the national title hunt every year. Well, that's true. But look at what when Notre Dame was good. They were good in a time when you had three channels. You didn't have every college football game on TV. But, you uh-huh. know, they didn't, you know, in the in the years since, you know, all these nat- these TV networks have came about, look at how many t- how many championships has has Notre Dame won since they started with all these uh different cable networks. None. How right. many uh championships have the Lakers I mean have the Celtics won for example since They've only won one championship in 29 years. It's not because there are, you know, they've made some bad mistakes and whatnot. But the thing about it is, these players don't care about history. They want to be in a place in a in a situation that makes them happy. And for Lamarcus Aldridge, he decided to go to a place that makes him happy. The Spurs is that place. The Lakers, until Kobe retires. That is not going to be a very good destination for free agents. It will never. It's nip. It, it, it's like Kobe is holding that franchise back. And for all these people that say, "Well, Kobe won, uh, won with um, Kobe won uh, the Kobe system," I say, "Here's the thing. If you want to compare Kobe, like comparing like Kobe and LeBron, look at the coaches that LeBron." help that LeBron had for finals. Mike Brown, Eric Spolestra, David Blatt. He had three different he took three different coaches to the to the to the NBA finals. Right. Kobe Bryant did it with one coach. And more importantly, he ran off Shaq, he ran off Paul Gasol, and he ran off Dwight Howard. So what does that tell you? The constant here is Kobe Bryant and the constant here is the the Kobe fans will say, well, he was an he's an asshole, but yeah, but that asshole stuff that can only work for so long. People are gonna get tired of you, and they're gonna mm-hmm. want to move on to something else. All right. Well, I'm gonna let I'm gonna uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna uh, address your comment. But thanks again for calling in, uh, Brian, and keep on listening. We're about to address your we're about to address your comment. Thanks for calling in. So, um, so let's point. Let's go on. Let's go off. Let's go with Gavin here. Gavin, what is your, um, 
what is what is your what is your comments to uh, to what the caller just you know to what the caller just said about you know the whole Kobe system and um, and you know free agents not coming to LA because we've seen that in both situations in LA and Sacramento. Mm-hmm. We just talked about the talking about the Kings. What does he have a validity to that point where free agents are free agents are like I don't want to play with Kobe. I don't want to play in LA. We seen like we said West Matthews turning on a ton of money. To play in Sacramento, like players are turning down tons of money from these teams. Lamarcus Aldridge didn't have a good time. The Lakers gave him two meetings, and he didn't have a good time. So, what are your just comments on what the caller said? And, you know, and just <clears throat> everything. Yeah, well, I I think it's a couple of responses. For one, uh, while I understand how teams like New York, L.A., and Boston, historically great NBA franchises, are struggling, uh, I think Boston's in a it should not be mentioned in the same class as New York and L.A., however. Boston made the playoffs last year, and L.A. and New York were lottery teams, so let's be careful where we choose our words there a little bit. Um, but, no, I mean, however, I will say that LaMarcus Aldridge is going to the Spurs. You cannot say the Spurs are not a historically great team. I mean, they won in the 90s, they won in the 2000s, they've won now. For the last 16 years, the Spurs have been one of the NBA's best franchise with the same core group of players. So, you know, maybe they weren't great in the 80s and, you know, and, and past that, but to say that the Spurs aren't a, a historic NBA franchise is kind of a difficult argument to make because that means you're not looking at the last 16 years, which is a big part of modern-day NBA. Um, and right. I think in response to the comments regarding Kobe Bryant, I, I think there's a lot of truth there. I think not a lot of players want to come and play with Kobe Bryant. Apparently, in Kobe Bryant's meeting with LaMarcus Aldridge, he said essentially to Marcus Aldridge, you know, you'll be Paul Gasol to my Kobe Bryant. I, I, essentially, that was the message that he was trying to get across. And, and if you're trying to get arguably one of the best power forwards in the game, because let's face it, guys, LaMarcus Aldridge, he's a former yeah, three-time All-Star. The guy is a machine. He's a scoring machine. He's good on defense. Him and Damian Lillard ran the show in Portland. He transformed them into an injury-ridden lottery team year after year into a serious contender in the West, you know? Right. He's one of the best power forwards in the game. Are you saying to the best power forward in the game, you can be my sidekick? No, mm-hmm. and, and to prove that point, when the Spurs met with Marcus Aldridge, I'm not sure exactly the dialogue will went down, but I would bet everything I own that Tim Duncan might not have said exactly this, but essentially said things, summing up to, look, I'm looking to pass the power forward position torch onto you. Now let's discuss mm-hmm. that narrative of passing on the torch versus you can be the sidekick to an aging NBA superstar, a guy who's probably right. already seen his best years and is absolutely on the downturn. Just let's right. look at that narrative right there, and you can see the flaws of the Lakers' recruitment process. Right. Um, I think we. I think he is. I think he just. I think. I think he just called back in, so let's bring him back on the air real quickly. Uh, sorry about that. It, it kind of it, it dropped. So you got any more to say? Well, I, I don't really have too much to, uh, else to say. Um, basically, man, um, I think if you want to say that Kobe is one, there's no truth. There's no doubt in my mind that Kobe is one of the greatest players that in, the greatest players that ever played the game in basketball. But I think he will never be – he will. He is kind of like in the Isaiah Thomas mode of, of when it comes to legend. I mean, yes, he was, a, he was a great player, but 
he would be hell if he was a general manager or if he was a coach. Nobody would want to come. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's where that's where Michael that's where Kobe Bryant is headed. He's headed towards that Isaiah Thomas zone of being disliked, being disliked in, in, in everything. And, and if you don't believe me, it's like he never had any kind of like brevity when it came to his to his, uh, to uh, being with the Lakers. I remember last year they had it. There was a TV show. Um, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel. And they showed a video of Nick Young and them celebrating, just having fun. And Kobe's like, they're like, why are you having fun? You're a professional. Act like it. And I'm like, he just never had that brevity, that brevity that you would see with somebody like LeBron. You know, you see LeBron doing Harlem shakes. The, uh, when he was in Miami, he did the Harlem shake with Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. You see with Steph Curry and them, they, they're on, they're on, they're, uh, having fun when after they won a championship. It's supposed to be about fun. And and with Kobe Bryant, everything is always about work. And eventually that comes back and haunts you. You become a a person on an island and on a, on a lone island. And and that's what happened and that's what's about to happen to Kobe Bryant. He's going to be just like Isaiah Thomas after he uh retired from the NBA. He's going to be a friendless mm-hmm. legend. Mm-hmm. All right, we want to. Uh, and uh, and I say I just listened to the show. I just called in to listen to the show, and you know, it, you know, and and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. you know, just put me on mute, and I'll listen to what you guys got to say. All right, thanks again for calling in, man. You can call in anytime. No problem. All right, let's keep it. Uh, let's keep it going here on the. Um, let's keep it going here on the podcast. Uh, before we talk, let's move. Before we talk, talking more about NBA free agency. Uh, Angela, any more, any, uh, any more, co- any more comments to callers' comments about uh, about Kobe and you know the Isaiah Thomas uh, route that nobody wants to, you know, that people are, you know, they get tired, you know, mentally tired playing with Kobe because how he, you know, how he acts and how he pushes his, you know, how he pushes his teammates. Well, I think Kobe Bryant's ego has been out of control for a really long time. He's been wearing T-shirts with pictures of himself on him for how long? (laughs) So, I don't know. I just, you know, he is one of the greatest players in the NBA of our generation. And, yeah, I can admit that and respect that. But I think he also needs to, like, have some respect for newer talent and realize, like, he's in the twilight of his career and he's not the best thing on the court anymore. So I completely understand with what Gavin said about, you know, him saying to Aldridge about, oh, you want to come here and be my sidekick? Like, dude, no, no one wants to be your sidekick because you're on your way out. Right. Yeah, I definitely I agree. Think the other point about, and I, I apologize for interrupting there, Joe, my fault, but I think the point that is uh, important to recognize here is we've seen mm-hmm. superstars who have had the popularity of Kobe Bryant step down and take a role back and have success. Vince mm-hmm. Carter hasn't had a championship success that Kobe Bryant has had, obviously. But Vince Carter's been willing to take back, and he's been a part of a Memphis team that gave Golden State one hell of a series. He's been a part mm-hmm. of teams throughout the years that have done the same thing. Tracy McGrady is another example of a guy who was willing to take a backseat role you know, in his heyday. And, of course, you know, Tracy McGrady and Vince Carter aren't on the same level as Kobe Bryant. Kobe right. Bryant is arguably of 
the years from 98 all the way up until 2007, the best player for that 10-year period, I think it's fair to say, mm-hmm. you know? That's before we see yeah. two Braun and Braun Braun, you know what I mean? But if, mm-hmm. if Kobe Bryant was willing to come off the bench or have less of a role or demand less money, he would be helping the Lakers out in more ways than he could. But at the end of the day, guys, that's not who Kobe Bryant is. Kobe Bryant is going to take every shot he gets the opportunity to because Kobe Bryant thinks that he is the greatest thing on this planet. And for a while he was. However, I don't know if that's the case anymore. He's coming off of Achilles surgery. Very few players come back from Achilles surgery and play at the level that they once did. It's such a monumental injury. I think we've seen the best of Kobe Bryant. It's a shame that he's unwilling to put his pride aside to kind of uh, elevate himself to the second level. It's hurting his franchise and his mm-hmm. teammates. I think in more ways than you can really count. No, that's a great, that's an excellent point, excellent point. And, and we got about we got about uh, eight minutes left here in the show, so let's kick in and talk about free agency. Uh, we just mentioned Lamarcus Aldridge going to the Spurs and DeAndre Jordan went to the Mavs, both getting four-year, eighty million dollars deals. But the question to you guys is that um, will with the with with the signing of Aldridge, will the Spurs go back to the finals? And second part of the question is, what happens now with the Clippers without DeAndre Jordan? Angela, you can take it. You can lead it off here. Um, I don't necessarily think the Spurs make a really good run at it. Uh, I think I think the Warriors continue to ride their momentum, but I think that might actually be like the Western Finals, and I'd be happy with that. Mm-hmm. And what was the second part of the question? And what happens to the Clippers now without DeAndre Jordan? Because now they lost their center, so it was Blake Griffin now. No more Lob City, pretty much. They got Paul Pierce, yeah, they, Lance Stevenson, but they, no DeAndre no more. They go back to being the Clippers that everybody knew and loves from, like, the late 90s and early 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was some terrible times, terrible times, terrible times. Ooh, Michael Olala Candy, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Jeez. Uh, Gavin, your your thoughts on these two questions. What will the Spurs go back to the finals and what happens to the Clips without Jordan? Yeah, I really think that the uh, the Spurs, I don't know if I can give a finals prediction just yet, but I really think the Spurs are going to be one of the team's top NBA teams. And I I like how we say that now as if that has not been the case for the past 15 Mm -hmm. years or so. I mean, they're the Spurs. They're ageless. You know, 10 years from now, Tim Duncan will somehow still be on the court averaging, like, 12 and 5, and people will just not understand how. It'll be some medical enigma <laughs> they'll never figure out. Right. You know what I mean? No, I, I, don't, yeah. I don't think it's a little too early in the year to crown who is coming exactly to the finals. I think the Spurs definitely have a finals mm-hmm. run in them. I think they have a finals mm-hmm. run in them any year because as long as Greg pops at the, at the head of the table, I think they've got a chance to do it. Uh, but Aldridge is just, you know, taking a good team a very good team and making them an excellent team. You know, Tim Duncan's minutes can decrease. You know, we know how much Popovich likes to rest up his starters. But a power forward like Aldridge, you can give Duncan less minutes and maybe move Duncan to center, switch that around up at a 4-5 spot. So it's just a great move overall. Plus the future in storage is a perfect move for this first. Um, and then secondly, in regards to the Clippers, I don't think that the Clippers are going back to the dark days. I mean, Hey, with Doc Rivers with Paul Pierce, that would be a nice uh, former Celtics connection. I think without DeAndre Jordan, they're gonna, um, you know, struggle because DeAndre Jordan was a big part of their offense and, and their whole team, but he wasn't a crucial part. Blake Griffin right. and Chris Paul are crucial parts 
of the Clifford. Mm-hmm. Their offense mm-hmm. doesn't work without those two guys. DeAndre Jordan was a right. rebounder, and he was a shot blocker, and those are, those are big elements, but they're not vital to the means of the mm-hmm. Clippers. So I think, you know, obviously, you know, hopefully Big Baby Davis is not the starting center for the Clippers come tip-off uh, um, uh, oh, in the NBA. Hopefully they'll be able to find another center in time. However, you know, their big man position is going to be an area of concern. You know, but now you have a backup in Lance Stevenson or maybe a starter potentially to see how things shake out, you know. But, you know, all in all, they might shop Crawford for a center. Who knows? I think the Clippers are still going to be a playoff team in the West. I don't think they'll be as high of a seed as they were this year. However, I don't see them missing the playoffs this year. Uh, Western Conference is a very good conference, much better than the East, but I would be surprised if, if they didn't at least get a seven or eight seed this year. All right, yeah, I, I definitely see the Clippers still back in the playoffs. We'll see what happens. They already get a big man. They get they got some big men in the summer league so far. If you guys been able to watch the summer league on NBA TV, the big men haven't been so impressive. But you know, it's still mm-hmm. early in the summer league, so we'll see what we can get from that. Next up on the topic list, we also saw this past week that the Cleveland Cavaliers, David Griffin, was just passing out money. That dough was just flying. Kevin Love comes back on the Players Tribune, so he's coming back to Cleveland in five years, $110 million. Iman Shumpert somehow gets four years, $40 mil. And supposedly Tristan Thompson is supposed to get four years, 80 but it hasn't been done yet. And LeBron's basically saying, according to a report, that he's not signing unless Tristan is getting resigned. So we got all them, all those things going on right now. So, Gavin, what are, the, what are the Cavs doing? Because they still need to address this bench. And now there's talks that they're trying to trade for old man Joe Johnson. Yeah. Joe, and you took the words right from my mouth. Getting Tristan Thompson uh, should be priority number one for this team. What he did for that team in the playoffs, rebounding-wise and defensively, is the reason why they were able to go as far as they were without Kevin Love and then in the end uh, without Kyrie. So, Tristan Thompson mm-hmm. is a very crucial part of that Cavaliers team. So I understand LeBron's want for them to sign them. I don't know if he's going about it in the best way, kind of waiting until it happens. I understand you're putting the pressure, but I don't know. I'm not an NBA superstar, so I don't make decisions like that. Um, <laughs> however, I, I will say that getting Joe Johnson, I don't think is the right move. You know, Joe Johnson's the what? kind of guy who, if they put him in Cleveland, he's going to want to start. I don't think Joe Johnson is willing to come off the bench. And if he is, that's great. But if I'm the Cavaliers, I'm not focusing on bringing in starters. You have a core uh-huh. group of guys who are great. Just with the four guys we're talking about here, let's leave the shooting guard position out of this. Kyrie, LeBron, Tristan Thompson, or no, excuse me, Kevin Love, or Tristan Thompson, pick your poison, probably Kevin Love, considering he's got paid big time, and Timo. That's a very, very good starting four. Your starters are accounted for. You know, if you want to bring in a shooting guard, you know, you want to overpay trade for Jamal Crawford or something like that. I don't see that in the cards, but if that happens, that happens. I understand. However, what I'm saying mm-hmm. is Cleveland ran seven or eight guys in the playoffs. That's what they did. Most teams need that 10-guy rotation. Starters get your rest. You know, you need a powerful bench. They need to focus on bringing in role players. They need to focus on bringing in a guy who consistently hit the stand-up three. You know what I mean? You know, we saw that mm-hmm. Jr. and Iman Shumpert were unable to consistently do that. They need role players and they need bench players. Let's look at the two past NBA championship teams, the Spurs and the Warriors. Yep. Both of them had excellent bench teams, guys who mm-hmm. were willing to play roles and take care of it. And if you look at both the guys, 
Kawhi Leonard and Andre Iguodala didn't have flashy seasons. You know, they weren't in the uh-huh. headlines, but they were guys who came right. in and did their job, and that's what allowed them to beat the Cavaliers or the Miami Heat, respectively, in those mm-hmm. two circumstances. Definitely, definitely. And we got a couple. We only got like two, one minute and 30 seconds. So we're going to wrap up the show here. Tomorrow, I know I'm happy and Angela's happy and Gavin is probably happy because Utah Summer League is tipping off tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow yeah. At, uh, tomorrow evening, 5 p.m., the Sixers take on the Spurs and Gavin Celtics are taking on the Jazz. But then on Tuesday, we got Boston versus Philly at 5 o'clock p.m. on Tuesday. Uh, quick thoughts, you guys, because we got to wrap it up. Quick thoughts, Angela. Are you excited to see Okafor uh, play tomorrow? And then, yeah, after Angela finished, Gavin, are you excited to see R.J. Hunter and those boys get it going for in the summer league? So, uh, Angela, are you happy to see Okafor playing tomorrow? I'm so excited to see a Sixers draft pick that can play right away. So, of course, I'm excited to see him. Yes, new generation, new blood. Hooray. <laughs> Gavin? Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to say, see R.J. Hunter is here. I think it should be great. Um, I'm also excited to see James Young. Apparently, he's put on some weight in this offseason because he saw how mm-hmm. much he got thrown around last season. So, I think James Young should be good to see a little bit of Phil Pressy action. should all be in good fun. I think it's going to be great to have basketball back. Uh, the world is better going on when the NBA is operating, in my opinion. <laughs> Definitely, without a doubt. That's going to wrap up the show here, guys. The 30-minute edition, I'm sorry. We don't have the premium features. I'm sorry, everybody. Uh, we're going to be back with you guys same time, same place, next Sunday at 11 o'clock p.m. We're probably going to talk oh, about Oh, not me. I'll Both see you in two weeks. Oh, yeah, I forgot Angela won't be here to join us on Sad Face. All right, guys. But we'll, we'll keep it pushing. So we're going to have her in our spirit that she goes to, she goes out on vacation. But for everybody here on the podcast, thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you guys same time, same place here on Blog Talk Radio and on TuneIn Radio. Everybody have a good night. Bye, everyone.